Welcome to today's Mindset Monday. And I have an exciting, it's not exciting, but it's a good episode for you because it's one of the questions that I am most often asked when I'm helping individual leaders, when I'm speaking at conferences. Everyone wants to know the secret to motivating a team, the secret to motivating team members. So today we're going to dive deep into that topic from my perspective, because you know, it's going to be unique. It's going to be different. It's going to hit different, but it's going to give you what you need to know to truly understand the science behind motivating your team. Before we get started, for those of you that are new to the leading in healthcare community, my name is Yashika Lind. I am the founder and CEO of The Lind Group twofold mission. The first mission is creating high-performing leaders through high-performance principles and personal mastery. I marry those two things together because I know that what truly creates not only lasting and impactful change to you, but also to your team is the work that you do to become a leader in your professional life, in your personal life, etc. Secondarily, of course, I have all the experience from being a nurse and being a leader and all the things. So we do do, we do do some um, work around helping organizations with their operational strategies to increase productivity, to decrease productivity lags, all of the things. But at the heart of it all, again, is coming back to the people and really giving you the tools that you need to be successful, the tools that we're not talking about in healthcare, even though we know all the things that we claim to know all the things we're not really putting evidence-based practice into our leadership and so that is the mission here at leading in healthcare and so today we're going to be talking about how you can master motivation because it's a sticky topic to try to get a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds and have them moving together in the same direction toward the same mission and the vision so here we go i got some notes for you i got a lot of notes for you for those of you that don't know this broadcast is not about perfection. It's about giving you the information that you need. And so because of that, I take notes so that I can make sure I give you some meaningful information. And today, again, I'm taking you on a journey to explore the science of motivation and how it can transform you into a leader that is actually able to inspire and motivate your team. There's something that I want to point out to you and some of you are not going to like it, but if it triggers you and if you don't like what I'm about to say, then you really need to sit with it. Cause remember anything that's triggering is something for you to pay more attention to and examine a little bit more closely. And so as a healthcare leader, you may have found yourself asking the question, how do I motivate my team? Or how do I motivate this particular person on my team? But the answer lies in a different question altogether. And every time somebody asks me that question, they're not asking the right question. Instead, what they're doing is trying to figure out the right incentive, the right reward, the right external thing that is going to make someone move in a certain direction toward a certain mission or a vision when really the key is to becoming the type of person who can motivate and inspire. So the question is not how can you motivate your team, it's how can I become someone who is motivational and inspirational so that my team then wants to fall in line behind me. 
or beside me or whatever the type of leadership style you have. And until you can answer that question, then you're not asking the right question. Until you ask yourself that question, you're not asking the right question. So how do you become that leader? Because that's where you're going to be able to inspire change and inspire people to work together in a team toward a common mission and vision. And so I want to dive in this episode with you and share the science of motivation and cover some practical tips and some things around what I teach my private clients and workshops and things like that so that you can start to unlock the potential of your team. So the number one thing that I'm going to share with you is you need to understand the power of purpose. And when I'm sharing this with you, I'm going to give you a little bit of a slant on how it is that I coach and teach because I want you to understand how more powerful and impactful it is to approach things in the way that I teach you versus asking these surface level questions on how can I motivate my team? That's not the right question. So number one, you need to understand the power of purpose and the power, excuse me, and purpose is a powerful motivator that goes beyond the mundane tasks of the day-to-day work. You probably know that in your personal life, maybe if you're stressed out, if you're burned out, if you're at your wit's end, if you're feeling like you're on a hamster wheel, but you show up day in and day out, the purpose is probably not just to come in and do the work. There might be a deeper purpose around providing for your family, providing for yourself, all the things. There's something deeper than the surface level that keeps us going, or there should be, or else depression, despair, disengagement, all that happens. However, There's something deeper that keeps us all going forward, especially in times where we feel like we don't want to. And so for you as a leader, what you need to understand is that you need to connect to your team's power of purpose or leverage the power of purpose when you're trying to get your team to work in a common direction. And what that means is that you have to elevate the work that they do beyond the mundane day-to-day stuff and connect your team's work to a bigger mission or a deeper purpose or a deeper vision and help them to understand the impact that they have via the work that they do is not just in the tasks that they're completing, but it's also in the patients and the family and the community and the healthcare ecosystem that is a part of what it is that they exist in because you're giving care in your community or your ecosphere, right? So it's about helping them understand that. And it's about fostering a culture of purpose by regularly communicating this mission and this vision of your team, of your, what you want to occur in your team, of your organization, and how each member of your team is an important piece of that work that we all do as a whole. And to encourage discussions on that deeper level about the meaningfulness of their work and provide them for opportunities to contribute to projects and initiatives that align with whatever it is that they're passionate and purposeful around. And that goes even deeper, right? Because that means you have to get to know your team on a more practical level. So one thing that you can start to do is to hold these regular team meetings where you're not only discussing the work and you're not only pushing out the information that needs to be pushing, needs to be pushed out, but you're also integrating pieces very frequently 
frequently, very frequently about the purpose and the impact of the team and their work and invite them to share their stories and experiences that highlight the meaningfulness of their work. You're going to find that when you first start to do this, if you're not already doing this, or if you're not doing it on this deeper, more emotional level, that it's going to take a while for you to actually start to see the changes occur. But if you understand anything about subconscious reprogramming, and how it relates to how we start to get ingrained to a new way of thinking. Um, you could think about it like when you watch a commercial with a burger and you weren't even thinking about a burger and it keeps coming on over and over. Eventually you want that burger. That is the psychology behind having these meetings with your team and actually embedding everything that you do with the energy, the emotionally charged energy of the bigger purpose, the bigger vision, the bigger mission. So you have to be steadfast when you implement this. Now, for you, for you as a leader, remember, because I'm all about you being a better leader, then you should also take this a step further and reflect on your own sense of purpose as a leader. Because a lot of us leaders are just leaders because that was the next progression in our career or somebody told us we were good at something and they promoted us. But have you ever taken the time to reflect on your sense of purpose as a leader and what drives you to lead, especially in a dynamic, sometimes chaotic, sometimes crazy field such as healthcare? And what values and beliefs do you hold internally that guide your leadership style? And when you have a clear sense of purpose around who it is that you are and why you do what it is that you do, then you can better authentically, yeah, authentically motivate and inspire others. So number two thing I want to share with you around being able to motivate your team from a more science-backed perspective is to empower autonomy. And autonomy is a sense of control and ownership over one's work. When team members feel empowered, they feel like they can make decisions and have ownership over their projects. You know, in healthcare with regulations and scope of practice and all that, you know, it can be a little bit of a tighter rope than some other professions. But whenever you can inspire this autonomy, it's going to make your team feel more likely to be engaged and motivated. And you can do this by not only providing clear expectation, expectations, which a lot of leaders don't do, well, clear expectations in a way that your team understands. It, you might think you're doing it, but they might not be picking up what you're putting down. So in a clear way that they understand, provide them with clear expectations, set goals for the team, and give them the freedom to choose within reason how they get to where it is that they want to go. They may not do things your way. They may not do things the way that the majority of the team does. But within reason, they should be able to have a little bit of freedom and flexibility on how they're getting the work done. It encourages innovation, it encourages creativity, and it allows you to have a more rich team where people are sharing ideas and sharing different perspectives in order to drive the mission and the vision forward in a way that is engaging for most team members. So on a practical tip, this goes back to delegating, right? Um, and it's delegating 
productively, delegating based on strengths and interests, delegating based on the drivers behind the different people on your team. And that means, guess what? Again, you're going to have to be a leader that wants to get to know the people on your team, not on a person. When we say deeper level, people always think it's personal. Like you want to know more about what's going on in their personal life. No, this is a deeper level about you getting into their emotional drivers, their um, well-being, that, that kind of thing, and getting to know them on that type of a more energetic level about what actually moves them forward. Now, for you, you are going to have to learn how to let go of every aspect, let go of the aspect to control every aspect of your team's work and trust in their abilities to and allow them to take ownership over certain projects. You're there for guidance, coaching, oversight, all the things. But again, that autonomy is going to empower your team and make your life easier as a leader. It'll free up time and energy for you to focus on the things that leaders need to focus on, such as strategic initiatives and your broader responsibilities. Because yes, with shortages, you may have to sometimes dip into the frontline work, but you also, unfortunately, are have been someone that's been hired to do the responsibilities that leaders do. And so you will be able to free up more time if you can learn to delegate in a meaningful way. And I have episodes about delegation. So if you want to learn more about what I mean, when I say a meaningful way, then make sure you check out those episodes. All right. Third thing that I want to share with you is being able to recognize and reward progress. Progress is a powerful motivator and it fuels the desire to achieve more. See, people think that you get this motivation primarily from inertia. And while you can, it's much harder to do that. And so what you want to do is learn how to be someone that inspires and motivates by creating this momentum or this progress. And through that, you'll actually get the ball rolling where you have the snowball effect that achieve, that achieves more momentum and more progress. And as the team members have this clear direction and goal that they're trying to work toward, it could be as a team, it could be due to individual interests within the team then their brain is going to release dopamine. And through that dopamine, it's going to re reinforce behavior and motivate them to continue. So your job is to recognize and reward the progress of your team members by providing regular just-in-time feedback, acknowledging achievements, celebrating successes. And it can be some very, very small ones or big ones. It doesn't matter. Psychology shows that you the small rewards produce just as much physiological reward as the big rewards. I want to leave you with something else that I think about this really quickly, though. Um, make sure that the rewards are meaningful. You know, donuts, pizza parties, all of that, they're nice to have, but they're not really something that's meaningful and lasting. So when you're thinking about how you want to reward your team, again, it's getting to the heart of their energy and their motivations and their interests and their desires and picking things that are actually in alignment with that. You're going to, you're not, you're not going to hit the mark on all of them when you're rewarding the team, but I think it goes a long way to learn what it is that they truly desire. So on a practical tip, besides the one that I just gave you, you can start to implement a system of regular performance reviews and check-ins. When I go into a new team, 
or when um, I had my own team as a leader before I started going into different organizations and helping out, one of the first things that I would do was get to know everybody with a one-on-one check-in. And it was a lot of work and it did pull a lot of time from the responsibilities that I needed to get done as a leader in the beginning of taking the helm. However, in the long run, it provided me with an immense amount of knowledge about the members on my team to be able to do some of these things around inspiration and motivation that I'm teaching you here today. So it was almost like you have to slow down to speed up. Um, The other thing was the performance reviews. You don't just wait until you have to do an evaluation. Um, Feedback is most important just in time. So make sure that you are leaving some time for that where you can provide constructive feedback, highlight areas for improvement, and acknowledge progress on a more individual conversational level instead of the group level. Because people also, again, have these different motivations and desires and need to have that conversation with you on a more individual level. Use specific and meaningful recognition recognition techniques when you're doing this, such as verbal praise, written notes, public recognition, whatever it is. You know, you have to get to know your team. Use those type of things to inspire your team. And then let's take it back to that deeper level to you as a leader. Develop a growth mindset. That's the number one thing that's going to help you to be successful with less stress as a leader. And it's about focusing on continuous learning and improvement for yourself. And people think this learning that I'm talking about is all the external things, learning how to learn the tasks and all of that and learn what's going on in healthcare. And while that is a part of it, the most impactful things that are going to actually move the needle when it comes to leading and inspiring and motivating is by you doing that internal work. Um, around being a better person day in, day out on a personal level. Um, You can also learn to embrace a culture of feedback and recognition, not only for your team, as we spoke about, but also for yourself. So it's about reflecting on your own achievements and on your own progress and use them for a source of motivation for you to be able to continue to move forward as a leader and strive for excellence on your own journey as a leader, right? Because you, so what is the word that I want to there's patterns. You have to learn to recognize patterns as a leader and the patterns that you have in the whole are also the patterns that you're going to have in your personal practice as a leader. All right, let's do, I have two more tips for you. We'll do one more tip. Um, (laughs) yeah, this is getting long. So we'll do one more tip is Third tip, learning how to cultivate positive emotions. So positive emotions have a profound impact on your mo- or motivation and well-being of your team. And when they're able to experience positive emotions, such as joy, gratitude, compassion, um, things like that, we, we um, know in science that that emits neurotransmitters like dopamine and oxytocin, which creates this positive feedback loop physiologically of motivation and engagement, we oftentimes don't leverage these hormones and these physiological things that we have available to us to help us to motivate and inspire our team. So if you want to be on point with motivating and inspiring, then learn how to tap into these neurotransmitters that also help us to 
inspire our team from a deeper, more subconscious, more neurological level. So as a leader, you can cultivate positive emotions within your team by creating a supportive and inclusive work environment, showing empathy and understanding and fostering a culture of gratitude and recognition. Again, this uh, the perfect arena for you to be able to start to implement this is through team meetings and team huddles that are positive and uplifting and not cheesy positive and uplifting. These are meaningful conversations and connection points that you are having with your team where you are not only sharing that um, information exchange, but also sharing appreciation for team members and their contributions and the successes and also incorporating things that help them be more cohesive as a team, like team building exercises. If it's appropriate, you could do social events. I know that gets a little bit muddy in some of your organizations, but social events are one of the things that help teams to bond more cohesively. So you could start to think about how you could incorporate that into your team. And then on your own level, because that's important. It's about practicing self-care and emotional intelligence in your own life and making sure you take the time to manage your own emotions and your own stress levels and cultivate positive emotions within yourself. Because if you listen to past episodes, you know that your energy, even if you think it doesn't matter or you think you're hiding something, your energy is going to bleed into your team. And so the positive emotions you cultivate within yourself impact your team positively and making sure that you learn what showing genuine empathy and understanding towards your team members really is and creating a positive and inclusive culture where everyone feels value and appreciated. Where this often goes wrong is you think that you're creating a positive and inclusive culture based on what you think that means. But this is getting into the mind and the hearts of the people that you lead and understanding what it is that they feel is power, positive and inclusive and what makes them feel valued and appreciated. So I'm going to leave you with those tips on how you can learn how to motivate your team. I wanted to make sure that you had this information because again, I think that the question when you ask, when you ask the question, how do you motivate your team? You are asking the wrong question. The right question is how can you become someone that is motivational and inspirational? So if you like what you heard and you're ready to learn a little bit more about what it means to not only unlock motivation in your team and learn more about how to be a better leader, but really go even deeper than that and transform yourself, your inner psychology, your mindset, so that you're able to transform the way that you lead, the way that your team performs, and then take it a step deeper, transform who you are as a person so that it impacts your personal life on uh, impactful level, then contact me more to learn about how I can work with you one-on-one through private coaching programs, customized training for your organizations, etc. I feel like together with this type of training and information, we can really make a difference in healthcare and really achieve the remarkable success that we're chasing, but we continue to fall short achieving. All right. So until next time, I'll talk to you later.